So let's open our Bibles. And I just want to read verse 15 of Mark 16. You already know this passage by memory. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm so amazed at the great commission of Jesus. Not only because I am the result of the great commission, all of us are, but I am the result of American missions in Brazil. But I'm so amazed because when Jesus had his last opportunity with his disciples, rather than talking about Moses and the law, rather than talking about prophecies, or even about the birth of the church, those were very important subjects. Jesus decided to speak to them as his last words about the Great Commission. And I believe that the last words of a person are unforgettable. And they must be very important. I just lost a very good friend of ours. He was 89 years of age. And for the last 25 years, he was in Brazil preaching every other year about prophecies in our various churches. And we became very good friends. His name was Dr. Roger Peterson. And just a week before he died, just a week before he went to heaven, he wrote me a letter, and the last words in his letters were these ones, and I will never forget them. Pray, my brother, pray. God will give us peace when we trust in him. I will never forget his last words towards me. And since then, I am trying to pray even more because of his words. That's what I needed for my life. And God used him to let me know that. So Jesus, before he went to heaven, he also uttered his last words to his disciples. And we are now his disciples. And those words, they were said to us as well. Go ye, that means you, into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But how can we do that if we are just one person at a time? You cannot be in Alaska, Anchorage, and at the same time in New Guinea. How can you obey the great commission of Jesus? We know that there are only three ways of doing that. And the first way is what we are doing here tonight. We can go to the mission field ourselves. Anchorage is your Jerusalem. is your mission field. And there are souls here in this city, in this area, that only you and nobody else can reach for the Lord Jesus Christ. So in that sense, all of us are missionaries. Called to preach the gospel to every creature around us. It's of no use to ask your pastor or the deacons to evangelize those people that God has prepared for you. 
That's why I like to say that sheep produce sheep. Pastors, shepherds, they take care of the sheep. But when a church depends only on the pastor, on the deacons, to grow, to prosper, to reach the lost, that church will do very little, will accomplish very little. But when everybody is involved in soul winning, everybody is involved in the Great Commission, there is no saying to what God can do through that church. And more souls will become a part of that body, of believers. And that church will be able to accomplish much more for the kingdom of God. Go ye means we can go ourselves here at this place. When I got saved, I learned about the importance of soul winning. I was just 12 year, a 12 year old boy. I was a new convert. But I was told, tell others about Jesus. Teach them how to be saved. I was working for a car shop. I was working 45 hours a week, going to school in the evening. And I took advantage of my job, washing cars, cleaning cars, and witnessing to the customers and to the mechanics with whom I worked. And one of these mechanics, by the name of Luis, he was four or five years older than I was back then, one day he came to me and said, Rom, you keep saying that you're sure of your salvation. That when you die, you're going to heaven. How can you be sure that you're saved? What an opportunity. We went to the back of the building. And after 20 minutes, Louise and I were kneeling down on the floor. And he was asking Jesus to forgive him and to save him from his sins. We lost contact some 25 years later. I took my car to a, to a shop and he was there. I recognized him. He recognized me. And I asked him, Luis, what have you been doing? And he said, today I have a family, five children, and all of us are serving God faithfully in a church. So if a 12-year-old boy, new convert, was able to lead his first soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us here tonight are able, as long as we trust the Lord, to use us to lead others to salvation as well. So God wants to use you to reach some people for His honor and for His glory. Go ye means you. Each one of us can make a difference in the kingdom of God. But we know that we can obey the great commission of Jesus by also sending substitutes, replacements, representatives. I believe Pastor McGovern is very careful about the men and women of God that are representing Independent Baptist Church of Anchorage someplace else. It's not enough just to be an evangelical missionary or a Bible-believing missionary, I believe with all my heart that this church wants to see other churches of the same species being established someplace else. And those people are your representatives, 
your substitutes someplace else. We need to send them. We need to make sure that they go and that they accomplish the work of God. It's amazing because when I was a college student, I came to Alaska. Back in those days, I, I went to Palmer. The pastor back then was Pastor Wyckoff. And that's when I met Pastor Doug Duffett back in Fairbanks and Pastor Bruce Hamilton. And I was a fresh graduate from college, just a young man. And I went to them and I, and I had nothing to show. Just a dream. Just a call of going back to Brazil and establishing Bible-believing churches. They believed in us. They took me on for support. They sent me to Brazil. Now I'm, I'm in back. I'm back here two decades later. And whatever I have accomplished in Brazil, those churches have accomplished with us. This is what missions is all about. It's not the ministry of a person. Missions is the work of a people. And now when Pastor Doug sees those pictures, he's amazed. And Pastor Bruce Hamilton, he's amazed. And the pastor in Palmer is amazed because we have accomplished those work together. I could not have accomplished all of that without their help. As soon as we went back to Brazil for the first time, we had no money, we were undersupported, so we began our church inside a precarious shed in our backyard. And the shed was probably the size of this platform. Very old shed. A very old piano inside the shed and dozens of chairs, old chairs inside the shed. But that, that was our place to begin a church. And I put the name Maranatha Baptist Temple in front of the shed. But you don't call a shed a temple in Brazil. People there are used to cathedrals because of the Catholic Church. But I put it Temple Baptist there anyway. So two neighbors passed by the shed one day and they judged our church by its appearance. And one neighbor said to the other, I promise you that in less than three months, this church will die out, will no longer exist. What he didn't know, that inside the shed, there was the word of God. The shed was ugly, the shed was precarious, but the word of God is beautiful, and the word of God is powerful. The man who said that, some months later, came into the shed, he stayed in the shed, and he became, some years later, the first ordained pastor of the shed. My wife played the piano. We had a baby, Rochelle. By the way, I have two beautiful daughters. One is 25, the other is 29. They're both singles. Okay, I gave you a hint. Godly, godly young ladies. But coming back to my story, um, I, would give, I would give the baby just to anybody that came into the shed because I had to do everything. Rachel had to play the piano. 
So, Madalena, a mother of three children, she came to me one day and she said, Pastor Rom, my husband, João Carlos, does not like you. I had never met João Carlos before. But I knew that he was a tall, strong man. I'm not kidding. He looked like an Alaskan. He was huge and strong. I said, Madalena, what have I done? She said, nothing. He just sees you as a dishonest pastor. He believes you're here to make money out of us. I thought, I have to change that man's mind. Because that's not true. And if he continues to think like that, soon enough, he will take his family away from us. So I waited for him outside my house. He was my neighbor. I knew the time he was coming back home from work. And I introduced myself. And then I invited him to come to the shed. He was dry. He was not polite like you are. He was dry. And he said, no. Thank you. And left. I made a point of waiting for him again the following day. I saw him on the street. I went to him again. And I invited him again to the shed. And again he said, no. Thank you. And left. I waited for him the third day. In a row. And I went to him and I said, please, Ron Carlos. It's very important that you come to visit us in the shed. And this time he said, okay, I'll go, but just once. But you have to promise me you never, never invite me again. I said, that's a deal. So I knew that was my only chance. I prayed and I prepared an evangelistic sermon. He came Sunday night and I gave the word of God. I thought about hell and heaven, sin and forgiveness, death and resurrection. And Jesus dying for our sins on the cross. When I gave the invitation, I noticed João Carlos was under conviction. So we sang the hymn. First stanza, he didn't come. Second stanza, he didn't come. Third stanza, he didn't come. Fourth and last stanza, he didn't come. Pastor, I do not insist. I believe that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But that night, I made an exception. I said, Rachel, let's sing the same song all over again. First stanza again, he didn't come. Second stanza again, he didn't come. At the third stanza, he came. I stopped everything I was doing. I dismissed the church. I took him inside my house. Twenty minutes later, he was kneeling down on the floor of my living room, crying, sobbing like a baby, receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. And the man, who used to think that I was dishonest, became the first treasure of the shed a month later. And that same man became the first deacon of our church. And the church that was born in the shed... We had about 70 people inside the shed that first year. We had no more space inside the shed. Small. Everybody was tight. The ceiling was very low. 
the place was very hot. I love cold weather. I was skinny, like a rod, because the place was a sauna. It was suffering, but it was wonderful suffering. Inside the shed, I decided to teach missions to our people. Remember, that's our first church. And I taught them to do for others what others were doing for them. So I taught them about faith promise for missions. Then some veteran pastors, when they found out what I was doing, they came to me and they said, what you're doing is wrong. You should not teach missions as of yet to the shed. Why not? Because you don't have property. You need to teach them to invest and to give towards a property. And only after you are inside your own building, you can teach them about missions. I said, I cannot do that. Because my Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all the other things shall be added unto you. I said, Pastors, I believe with all my heart that property can wait a little longer. But souls for the Lord Jesus Christ cannot wait one more second. So I continued to teach them about faith promise for missions. Because my pastor had taught me nobody's too poor to give to missions. Now what you need to understand is that the cost of living in Brazil is as high as it is here in the States. And yet the minimum wage is only $300 a month. And most of our people make only $300 a month. But to make a long story short, the church that was born in the shed is considered today if not the strongest, one of the strongest independent Baptist churches of the whole country of Brazil. So when people ask me if there is any secret, I say, yes, there is one. Missions. Missions is the mission of the church. Dr. Harold Seitler from Greenville, South Carolina used to say, a church has no reason, no right to exist if the church is not missionary-minded. We exist as a church. First of all, and most of all, to spread the good news. We edify one another, but everything begins with the good news to all the world. And now to conclude my report, the last church we are establishing we have established six altogether. Pastor, when I came here last time, five, now six, by the grace of God. We had this family from the mother church, the first church. They moved away from us. Then they could not come to the services anymore, not as often as they were coming before. And they began a ministry with children because they moved to one of the poorest areas of the city, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away from us. And a bunch of poor kids on the street, all day long, without parents at home. 
So they brought some of those kids to their homes, taught them Bible stories, gave them juice and cookies, and the number of kids started to grow and grow. So from time to time, I would rent a bus and bring those children to our church. One day, we had conference, Bible conference, with evangelist Tom Farrell. Tom Farrell went to be with the Lord just a few weeks ago. So Brother Tom came to Brazil, and he was preaching for us. We sent the bus to that community to bring the children, and the children were going to sing a special for us that night. Inside the bus, one of the parents, he decided to come just to hear his children singing. Only two people knew that. Nobody told me until everything happened. But that man inside the bus was the most wanted criminal in the whole Midwest of Brazil. He was a drug lord. A very dangerous man inside our church. Praise God, I didn't know that. But he was there in the midst of the church. Probably with his gun someplace in his clothes. And Brother Tom was preaching and I was translating. He was preaching and I was translating. That was like preaching twice. Because whatever he did, I imitated. That's the kind of a translator I am. When I gave the invitation, that man came forward. He accepted Christ. And that same night, he vanished with his family. They disappeared. We don't know to this day where they are at. Because the only way for him to change his lifestyle, to flee from his life of crimes, was to disappear, to vanish, without letting anybody know his whereabouts. So we decided... That community needed a church just like ours. In the midst of thievery, violence, and poverty, we began that church. A very promising church. During this COVID time, pandemic, everybody in Brazil was putting lockdowns. But that church. They're so poor that they have to live in the morning so they can eat in the evening. Almost 100% of them got contaminated. They created what we call herd immunity. They were not afraid of the virus. They continued to gather together. The church grew during this pandemic time. It's one of the most promising churches of our ministry. That God has given us. So I want to ask you this favor. To not give up on missions. Independent Baptist Church in Anchorage. Is not only touching this community. It's not only touching the state of Alaska. But you're touching many, many other places in the world. Through missions. 
So when you get discouraged, what have we accomplished? What are we accomplishing? Besides your local ministries, you need to read and learn about all the extension ministries that you have through your missionaries. This will keep you excited. This will keep you committed to missions. And this will keep you involved in evangelism at your local church. So missions is the heartbeat of God. Or is the main purpose of God through His churches. And we are part of the most wonderful work in the world. That is, the Great Commission of Jesus. We brought these flyers, quality paper. I decided to invest on these flyers because I need you to keep them in your Bibles. And I need you to pray for us. We are the our family. Rom, Rachel, Rochelle, and Roxanne. And even our dog's name starts with R. Raindrop. Pray for the R family. And pray for the four Ps. God's power. Have you tried to do the work of God without His power? It is awful. God's presence. Can you imagine traveling all over the place? in the midst of a pandemic without God's presence, that's not a good idea. God's protection and God's provision for peace for this missionary family. Thank you again. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Church. God bless you all. Amen. Mission certainly is the heartbeat of God, something we all should be involved in. We just, of course, finished our conference, and we all are goers. And, of course, our mission field is right here in Anchorage, Alaska, and we're also responsible for around the world. And let's, let's bow our head and close our eyes. Let's head into a time of invitation. Maybe there's something that God put on your heart. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it was a family member while he was speaking. There's something that you did not think. You struggled thinking, well, the Lord just can't reach them. Uh, but he certainly can. Uh, if, he, if he can reach that bartender and turn his life around in a matter of weeks, he can do the same thing. Maybe you need to come pray for them. Maybe you haven't been the witness, the missionary that you should be right here and handing out those tracks. Just think that somebody handed him that track right there in that elevator. Um, that, that needs to be us distributing that. And uh, that, that this is our responsibility. Maybe you have another need you need to come pray about. Maybe there's something going on in your heart and life this week right now you need to come pray about. Well, come. Uh, get on your knees before the Lord and, and bring that need before Him. And uh, anyone here, let me ask this right now. I don't think you have any visitors, but let me ask this. Maybe you've been struggling with your salvation. Maybe the last several weeks or several months, something's been bothering you. You say, Pastor, listen, I am not even certain right now that if I die, I go to heaven. Please, I, I need you to pray for me. I'm struggling with that. Would you just raise your hand and let me see it right now? Anybody here like that? Just put your hand up. If you're not certain you'd go to heaven, I want you to just raise your hand for me. Let me see it. If, if, if you put your hand up, I did miss it. I would need you to do it again. All right. Father in heaven, bless this invitation, Lord. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's turn to page 490. If you need to come.